save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Calls home. It's too fucking cold there. The NHL is old. I got nothing else to go with it. Welcome back to the Second Print Comics Podcast. I'm Remzo W. Martinez bringing you the mighty marvelous Mr. Mark Claire. Mark, how goes it? Hola, compadre. And uh, it's not true that nobody lives in Canada. You know who lives in Canada? Canadians. You know who lives in Canada? Malcolm Dragon. <laughs> My boy, Mal- Malcolm Dragon, lives in Canada. You don't read current Savage Dragon. You Why would any hero live in Canada? I mean, Wolverine was smart to leave. Because it's written by Eric Larson, and he probably thinks Canada is the greatest country in the world because he's oh, I was about to go on a rant that I, I shouldn't go on in the show. Never mind. Well, <laughs> Eric, I, Larson, I, not, Eric Larson and I don't get along on the internet. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You're like a bitter old couple at this point, except that he actually managed <laughs> to block you, which, I mean, did you ever think that in this show you would be blocked by more creators than loved by them? Are you saying I'm loved by zero creators? Because I'm only <laughs> blocked by one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the score is the score. Um, I think it's it's at least even, even the amount. I think there's at least at least one or two comic. Eric July likes me. <laughs> he makes comics. Eric July's never written a comic. (laughs) He's working on it. Doesn't count until I see the pages. Anyway, (laughs) but we're burying (laughs) the lead here, Remzo. We're burying a lot of leads, a lot of things that we've got to get to. It's been a couple weeks since you and I chatted, at least on this uh, platform on Second Print Comics. I beat, beat the, the woo flu again. again. Congratulations. Undefeated 2-0. Remzo versus COVID. Uh, that's a score real, I can believe in. The real in. score? What, what is the score of Bachelor Party versus Remzo? What's the score there? <laughs> <laughs> it took out one other groomsman, ironically. <laughs> took out, took out? Like... <laughs> Oh, well, I mean, he's 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 with us spiritually and on Patreon. If you want to hear what happened um, is, to me and degenerate Derek over on uh, on our Patreon, we've been covering Peacemaker in a few episodes. We had a spicy COVID edition because we both sounded like uh, Patty and Selma from The Simpsons. It was a, it was a rough episode, but we delivered. Yes. Well, you get Peacemaker episodes and sp- not Peacemaker episodes that you got to go to go to HBO Max for. But you get Peacemaker recaps and so much more on the second print Patreon, including I know we fell off. We both uh, Dan, Dan Smots and I both had a lot of uh, life and Internet problems in the last two weeks. They fell into a midlife Sarlacc pit. That's a great analogy. That's actually very true. Uh, So we're going to be doing a mega recap of episodes two through six of the book of Boba Fett. That should be happening later this week. And then we will do a season finale episode as well, since the the regular timing of the series just got all messed up. But we do recaps. We do our best. We do a bunch of TV show recaps. Like I said, we got Peacemaker. You got Book of Boba Fett. Fett. We've done all of the Disney plus Marvel shows and we'll continue to do so. 
and so much more, including Remzo, another one I'm going to tease. Remember how you had me, uh, you wanted me to read the Frightful Four edition, not the Frightful Four, was it? It was the the, uh, the one with the Marvel Zombies on Ultimate Ultimate Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm going one. to. But I said, you know what? Yeah. Instead of just starting here at these issues, I actually decided I'm going to read the run, the whole run of ultimate holy FF. shit you are in for the time of your life i'm interested enough in it and you know it's it since it is like my favorite like my original favorite characters and i do have an affinity towards the characters and i well i'll save it for the podcast all right but i'm gonna do a what mark what, what wow one more time i'm gonna do a what mark missed episode uh covering the first six issues of ultimate fantastic four so eventually i'll get to that that crazy zombie story but i'm gonna do i'm actually gonna take this one in order Everyone just wants the Jessica Alba version of Sue Storm, oh, and that's what the Ultimate Comics man, provides. I, if I could cast a perfect Fantastic Four, I'd, I'd have to give that some time. I'd have to think about that. I do like the John Krasinski idea that's been like floated and not quite reported, but basically rumored by everybody, every fanboy out there. Um, I'm not as as on board with. Um, Look, I like Emily Blunt, great actress. Uh, doesn't doesn't strike me as a Sue Richards. That's just me. It's almost too on the nose. Where it's like, that would be good, but I think I can do better. But I can definitely picture John, John Krasinski as a good read, for sure. So we shall see. But I enjoyed what I, I, I enjoyed what I read so far enough. I enjoyed it. I would say I enjoyed it even more than, than the Ultimate Spider-Man and Ultimate X-Men. Believe it or not. Ultimate Fantastic Four was, uh, was my favorite of the Ultimate books. I mean, when I started reading that... Um, I mean, I, I just got real hot and heavy into it. And what's kind of sad is that around the time that I started really catching up with what was coming out month to month from the Ultimate books, that was around the time in 2008 when um, Ed Brubaker and uh, Finch decided to freaking kill everyone. <laughs> and everyone that was left over was just like scarred and traumatized for the rest of their universe's existence. It's uh, it's sad, but my my memories of the Ultimate Marvel Universe remain fond and strong. Well, you can hear my further thoughts on the Ultimate Fantastic Four and all of our thoughts on so many things, including early releases of every single episode for as little as $5 a month over at the Second Print Patreon, patreon.com slash secondprintpod. I challenge you. Well, last week I openly admitted that Weird Science has a better deal because Jim is a psycho and does like 10 podcasts a day. But other than Weird Science, you're probably not going to find a better deal than us. Maybe not the best marketing to say our competitor actually gives you a better deal. I don't really see us as, as competitors. I see us as all, all one big happy family. One, one big coexisting multiverse yes. of well, awesome. That brings me to my, my second question for you, Remzo, uh, because, you know, perhaps behind the paywall, you'll discuss. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how things go. Some of your uh, your bachelor party esca- uh, escapades. Well, we didn't get any. We didn't get any annual patrons before the end of January. So I have to be the strong, firm, dickish parent and put my foot down on that. Will, will you extend? Will you extend the offer? into february are you asking or are you begging because i want this is for me yes folks (laughs) i don't care about anybody else i will show mercy and if we can get two new annual patrons by the end of february i'll do one better i will bring on all my gunsmen who showed up Oh my god not just Derek, I will bring on everyone from the On the Run Degenerate panel, my other podcast, who came with me to Las Vegas, and we will do a SPC exclusive for patrons. So if you want to hear about me, uh, you know, almost puking on a go-go dancer on Fremont Street, if you want to hear what it's like to spend um, $500 in 15 seconds, if you want to know what it's like to drive a freaking McLaren and all the other awesome shit that went down... You got to go ahead and, and follow strippers. through, folks. Lots of strippers, I imagine. <laughs> if you say so. I mean, it was uh, I, I'm still like it's been several weeks and, you know, the, the spicy it changes bat- your outlook on the world. 
<laughs> Let, let's just say this. Usually when people leave somewhere, they're like, oh, I wish it never ended. Oh, I wish I could go back. I left Vegas and I was like, you know what? I did it all. Oh, yeah. No, you you never leave Vegas like wishing you could extend it. You all. If anything, I'm usually like, can I get out of here like a day early? I'm like, I, what, I've, I've gone too far. Uh, no, it's, it's as, as I was as I was waiting at the airport. I was like, you know what? I'm OK. It's time to go home now to zero degree weather <laughs> where, where it's safe. I wonder why I can't taste things again. <laughs> Uh, well, the other thing I wanted to ask you, you know, I mean, not to, it is kind of the elephant that's, that's been in the room here during this uh, first 10 minutes or so of the podcast, but I'm just kind of curious, you know, did, did hearing the chemistry between the obvious chemistry between Jim and Jim and I, did that give you any sort of you know, feelings of uneasiness, jealousy, anything like that? Cause these are all feelings you're going to have to get used to going into a marriage anyway. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the jealous type. I do think it kind of sparks things up, but you know, you're a whore Mark and you can't make a whore out of how you can't make a housewife have a whore so you want to go ahead and you know have that uh, have that dalliance with jim go have fun but you'll keep coming back to me because i keep you well, safe true. bitch <laughs> that is true jim is like my vegas you know <laughs> he's where i go for a good time but you're my zero degree remember safe, very folks, safe yet predictable remember oh, folks the left the left hand is is the abuse hand the right hand is the discipline hand so it's discipline no. abuse I, discipline I don't feel I need abuse, either of those discipline so. abuse <laughs> so we will just move on into today's episode which as you somewhat reference in your opening ditty there is about well it's not really about a group of Canadians but it is about it does take place in Canada <laughs> The the best books about Canadians have at least only fifty percent Canadians. I think it's even less than this one. Yeah. Yes, um, it's like it's at least three quarters American, and I don't, I don't know what the whole Native American tribal sovereignty situation is. So let's just say it's got it's got one. <laughs> it's got one. But uh, today we are covering the five issue limited series Omega Flight. Uh, which came out in the aftermath of Marvel Civil War. And I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're doing another post-Civil War book. Yes, because there were a lot of great books around that time where I don't necessarily need to get into Civil War immediately uh, unless you've been living under a rock. But I do promise, and Mark and I spoke about today, this year we will be doing uh, a, you know, an, a- an episode about the actual Civil War title. It was seven issues and a whole ton of... The actual um, Civil War he's talking about between the North and the South of the United States, right? That's the one we're going to... Yeah. No. Yeah. Or as we called it in Virginia, the war of northern aggression. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be covering Mark Millar's uh, Civil War seven issues. I mean, I, I got to say, like Civil War was the event that I started reading when I started catching up with the month to month titles from Marvel Comics. But it was also the last time I really loved crossovers and spinoffs and limited series after that kind of faded. So this era uh, is definitely close to my heart. But I, I remember, uh, you know, much like Mark and I have mentioned, you know, the, the books that we're able to catch up on, the, the stuff that comes out in a, as an issue one, those are typically the books that we have probably the, the fondest memories of. And I remember uh, reading um, a one shot that came after Civil War called Civil War, The Initiative. And what it basically was, was it was a giant preview book um, kind of telling you what the landscape was after Civil War. And in that book, they basically teased uh, a story from the new Avengers comic uh, that basically saw the death of Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight was a team of Canadian superheroes that spun out of the X-Men comics. And over time, they were usually just cameo characters, but they were actually pretty cool enough to um, get a full 
run that lasted through Secret Wars 2, a whole bunch of the X-Men events. They crossed over with the Avengers and the Fantastic Four regularly and Wolverine for about 15 years. And at one point, Alpha Flight was one of Marvel's top five books. And um, they kind of fell off the radar for a little bit. They wow, went, that's a surprise, surprise that was ever the case. It, it was actually, well, I forget who, who wrote... Um, I, for, I forgot who wrote because they got one of the artists from Uncanny X-Men to go over there, but then they got the, whoever wrote the Avengers. I think it was Jim Shooter. I think Jim Shooter wrote uh, Alpha Flight for a bit. It was a good freaking book. And um, in a way, it was kind of like the Avengers before the MCU because oh, Alpha Flight was a government-sanctioned superhero team, much like the Phase 1 Avengers War. So... So, I mean, it was um, it, it was a popular book. In the last 20 years, they had just primarily been cameo characters, but they had kind of a cult following, especially since they were a cool foreign team. And, um, you know, I, I, I always thought they were a bit cheesy, but, you know, I, I, when reading the New Avengers, there was a situation where one of the characters in the book we'll read today was, long story short, possessed by a demon, was given explosive powers, Alpha Flight tried to fix the situation, and instead he exploded and killed them all, and the New Avengers had to go in and fix it. And then the Civil War happened, and the dude was just in prison. So in this one shot, Civil War the Initiative, we're basically finally catching up with that, and we're like, what does Canada do in um, in a situation where they don't have their superheroes anymore? Because if you're going to kill an entire superhero team, you might as well kill an entire Canadian superhero team, because people will be upset, but more like because it's impolite, not because they actually like the characters. And um, that's what led us into uh, this new se- this new limited series, Alpha Flight. It was really looking at, you know, what happens when a country loses all the heroes they have. Uh, before we kind of get into this, Mark, you know, what, what were your thoughts? Were you familiar with Alpha Flight? Um, when I recommended a limited series about a bunch of Canadian superheroes, what were your thoughts? I on said, that? really? Omega Flight? Okay. That was, those are my basic thoughts. Uh, I, I was, I was pretty familiar with Alpha Flight just as one of those teams. Again, uh, kind of like the Ghost Riders, the Blades, the Doctor Stranges for me. I was familiar with them because I read a lot of Marvel books. I read like every Spider-Man book, every uh, X-Men book, Fantastic Four, uh, Avengers. So in reading all those books, you end up meeting all these characters along the way. And plus every crossover that came along. So I was familiar with the characters of Alpha Flight. A lot of the characters anyway. Um, but obviously, as we as we've discussed before, this particular book, Omega Flight, uh, t- came out during my comic book dark period where I was not reading anything at all. So I was I had not had zero familiarity with this Omega Flight version of the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we, we try and cover a lot of books, whether they're one shots or limited series or specials. You try and cover books that definitely uh give a very notable attempt for trying to be good stories, but you know, in the sea of entertainment and other books and stuff like that, they sometimes get dragged down. I always feel like at the time Omega flight had a lot of a fanfare around it because the people that really liked Alpha Flight were upset that their heroes were Who killed. Who were these people? But after Who a while, were these it, people that really liked Alpha all, all the dozens of them. There were many, many dozens of them all online Canadians. and in the chat rooms at Marvel.com. Uh, I don't even think they wanted them. But anyway, uh, it, I, I always felt like this was a really impressive book, maybe because I was just young and it was different. But, uh, you know, it, it's one of those books where it's like it kind of faded out of memory and out of relevance. But it's uh, it's something I remember collecting. And for five months, it was it was just a lot of fun. So, you know, I wanted to share that with people. I didn't know there was going to be a bunch of, um, you know, uh, 
stuff going on in Canada at the same time that we're uh, <laughs> that we're recording this. But the real protest, the real truckers are really protesting because they're uh, <laughs> they, they want they're they're requesting the return of uh, Alpha Flight. <laughs> we want Alpha Flight back, eh? Please. <laughs> it's like Letter Kenny, but angrier. Um, yeah. So uh, without further ado, yes. let's go ahead and jump into Omega Flight issue one. On, on the cover, I mean, this <laughs> you already know that's going to be strange because you've got you've got and, and they did very little lead up into who the roster was going to be at the end of that one shot. Like they gave a, a full two page spread of who the roster was going to be. But I mean, the, the first issue, I mean, at the, at the time, I thought it was really cool. Now I just it is a weird funny. collection of characters. I will say that. <laughs> You want to talk? You want to talk about a, a a super Canadian team? Well, why not have U.S. <laughs> that agent one, that John Walker? And then I was like, "Oh, uh, <laughs> Spider Woman, but she's definitely not Canadian." And then I was like, "Oh, Peter Ray Bill, he's not even from Earth." <laughs> so, yeah, immediately from the cover, it's like, "What is this team even?" But you know, that's part of the part of the intrigue, I suppose. Yeah. So one, two, three, four, four out of. Four out of six, because one member isn't on the on the on the cover. Uh, so four out of six are American on the super on the superhero team from Canada. Just the just this version of the Guardian and Sasquatch are the two. Are the two who's not how is Sasquatch not on the cover? He's like the main character of the first issue. Well, because they because they didn't want to tease that he was actually going to okay. be part of the team. So when he does finally join, it's like yeah, look, Sasquatch gotcha, is gotcha. back. And uh, I, I had to go back and relook at what Sasquatch's origin was just to get ready for this episode. But um, well, since you already did that, Remzo, this seems like a good time to ask you, Remzo, what can you tell me about Walter Langowski, a.k.a. Sasquatch? <laughs> I know I've jumped the gun a bit, gun a bit. I took this. I took this. Uh, I took this from Wikipedia. And this actually took me by surprise. But then I checked the, the Marvel wiki and it added up. What happens when you take a Jewish person and expose them <laughs> to gamma radiation? <laughs> I'll explain. What happens when you take a Jew and you expose them to gamma like radiation? Sounds like it's going to be a, a, a racist joke of some a- kind. ADL, I swear to God, I'm not just making this up. You can go and have an issue of Marvel, but what happens when you take a Jew and you expose them to gamma radiation? <laughs> Tell me so I don't have to say it, please. <laughs> they turn into a Sasquatch? <laughs> yes. <laughs> there has to be yes. more of the story. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You take a Canadian Jew and you expose them oh, to gamma radiation. Okay, well that makes that I get. In. They have to be Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, like that, my biggest familiarity with this team, it's a different version of this team, uh, was like this this Omega Flight was in um in, in a prominent part of the Immortal Hulk story, which just wrapped up, which I, I did yeah. love their role in it including Walter Longowski's role as Sasquatch slash Doc Sampson merged into one body, which is super weird and super awesome. So read Immortal Hulk. We'll be reading Immortal Hulk again in a few weeks at the behest of our Kirby Club level patron, our good friend Eric. He's going to be tasking us with reading the first issues, uh, first five issues of Immortal Hulk. So look forward to that one coming up soon. So basically, Walter was a Jew from Canada who was experimenting with gamma radiation to try and see how they could make their own Canadian version of the Hulk. But instead it took his Canadian Jewish DNA and turned him into Sasquatch instead. Okay. I buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Why Mark? Why? Because comics. Because comics. So anyway, we start the issue zooming in on the, um, 
the memorial for Alpha Flight. We get to see uh, Vindicator and Guardian and Shaman and Sasquatch is there, but we also get Puck, whose power was being a midget. Wow, this, this team is, for, for such a PC country, it's such an un-PC team now that I realize it. Then you have the incestuous couple of uh, North Star and his hot sister who sadly died. They couldn't just kill North Star. Um, but anyway, so basically everyone from Alpha Flight is dead because they got blown up in a better comic. They got blown up in New Avengers. And meanwhile, you've got this um, this uh, Canadian intelligence officer named Agent Brown. What he is suggesting to the Canadian Department of Defense is to basically go ahead and commission a new team of heroes to replace what's going on with um, you know the situation in America, which basically the Civil War happened. Iron Man beat Captain America. But what ended up happening was you had a bunch of unregistered heroes and supervillains who were trying to free the flee the registration act and iron man's new initiative since he became director of shield so where they decide to go is uh canada and that's been causing a lot of problems for canada because if i haven't mentioned a million times alpha flight's dead so no one is stopping all these villains and unregistered heroes from going north of the border to avoid uh, iron man and shield so what Agent Brown recommends is getting a team back together, but this time with the backing of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s initiative, which basically takes registered heroes and puts a superhero team in every state. So by Canada joining S.H.I.E.L.D.'s initiative, um, they would basically get their own team and a bunch of support from America. And basically everyone is just a little bit hesitant of this because they see <laughs> because this it's problem not as America's doing. <laughs> Well, I mean, that was that was the least of their problem. They were just like, we don't need more of these super freaks, eh? <laughs> They're coming here and causing problems in Canada, most like what most Americans do, yeah? So, basically, they, um, they're like, fine, like, put a team together and we'll, we'll figure this shit out. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we go over to the school in Saskatchewan. I, I, I assume it's Saskatchewan. They don't necessarily say. So let's say it's in Saskatchewan. And uh, what we see is that we see our good friend Walter is not dead. In fact, Walter is alive and he is a teacher. But the thing is, unlike a lot of other superhero teams, everyone kind of knew who Alpha Flight was. So Walter, who's now, I, I guess, an astronomy professor, is trying to go ahead and... Um, get his students to pay attention on the first day of class, but they don't want to pay attention to whether Pluto's a planet or shit like that. This one kid, you know, gets his, gets his question answered and he's just like, Hey, uh, I thought you were dead. Like what happened? And all the kids just jump in from there and they're just like, can you transform? Is the real guardian dead? Or was that one of the knockoffs? Like, what is it like to die? And then they're like, well, you know, if snowbird snowbird is one of the characters, snowbird's dead. Like, how can she die if she's a goddess? And basically like all these kids are just like throwing out all these questions. And one of them I think is my favorite. It's a classic Marvel trope. Are you a clone? So Walter is having, what do we know to why he's a, alive? A, a by the way? Like I'm, I'm as curious as these kids are. So, so because of his <laughs> Jewish Canadian DNA <laughs> mixed with the gamma radiation, he's a lot like the Hulk in which he can absorb massive amounts of radioactive force. Okay. So he was I'll the lone it. survivor from Alpha Flight. He was in a coma for okay. a while too. I'll definitely so he's take got that. Some, you give me a good coma trauma. and a little comics explanation. I'm good. We can move on. Yeah, he's not a clone. He was just. A, a, a Jewish Canadian Sasquatch <laughs> capable of absorbing oh, an atomic wow. blast or something. 
So, um, so I mean, the, the the one kid who kind of started all this ruckus, he's just like, oh, come on, man, can you like transform into a Sasquatch now? And Walter's just like, you know, he he's trying to be nice to the kids. He's like, listen, I, I can't because you know it, it hurts and the ceiling is too low. And the kid is like, ah, oh, this ain't Sasquatch. He's a clone, man. We've been gypped. And Walter's just like, no, I'm not a clone. So at this point, um, you know, the, the school principal comes in and kind of like saves him. And all the kids like, ah, oh, you're a clone. Bye, Mr. Longoski. Like it, it's just it's just really, really kind of sad in a way because it shows like his life is, is kind of not where he wanted it to be, especially with all his friends being dead. But as he walks out into the hallway, we see um, Agent Brown from the CSIS, the Canadian Secret Intelligence Service, uh, come over and. Immediately, Walter knows something's up, and he's like, ah, oh, I said I couldn't do whatever you want me to do. I can't do it. And uh, then we, we flip the page, and we're at the Canadian border. And what we basically find is that there's something going wrong. What we see is that a couple of heroes are trying to, uh, you know, cross over into the border, but somebody's been following them. And what we basically see is that... Um, Walter and Agent Brown are in a helicarrier up above, kind of watching the recordings of all the stuff going on. And Brown is explaining to him why, you know, his country basically needs Sasquatch back. And uh, at this point, Walter understands, like, listen, Canada's in trouble. And Canada, if case nobody can really remember, has no superheroes. Not even Wolverine wants to be a Canadian superhero. That's why he joins literally every other team. I mean, that's how you could make this an A-list team. Give me Wolverine as the leader. And suddenly it doesn't matter what kind of jabarnies you have around him. But that would never happen because yeah. why would you put Wolverine on this team? So so basically, Walter has just basically said, fine, I'll, I'll come back. And if Canada needs me, fine, I'll do it for Canada. And uh, he's like, who, who do you have in mind for uh, this team? And, you know, like, who's going to lead it? Because I, I can't be the leader of it. I was never a leader. And uh, that's when Brown is like, um, who's going to lead the team? Oh, it's funny you asked. Uh, U.S. agent. And Walter's just like, you've got to be kidding me. So Brown looks at him and he's like, Tony Stark now heads up S.H.I.E.L.D. Once I realized our limited resources, I had to talk with Tony and, uh, you know, take Canada's security into consideration. Canada's security is America's security. Should our natural, economic, or energy resources be disrupted, it threatens America's stability. Not to mention our new crime wave is entirely his fault, but I didn't bring that up. So, you know, Walter's like, so Stark is going to outfit the new Omega flight with Americans. <laughs> and Brown is like, well, that's why you will be leading the team, really. Like, he'll be here, like, to kind of keep shit in order, but you'll be the real tactical leader. So then he's like, what, whatever. And uh, as if it's not more of a insult than not, they go ahead and add another American. They go ahead and add Julia Carpenter, a.k.a. Arachna. Arach- uh, is it pronounced seems- Arachna or Arachne? I don't actually know the answer, but I, 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 it's an E on the end. But She was always Spider-Woman until there was like a trademark dispute. But anyway, so Arachne, uh, J- Julia Carpenter, um, she was on the anti-registration side during the Civil War. But when Iron Man won, he gave everyone one last chance. And she was like, fine, I'll, uh, I'll freaking do it. And um, she uh, she goes ahead and also joins this team. Because when you screw up and lose a war and you get a second chance, you yeah. get sent to Canada. And then there was um, the last guy, and this one kind of freaks out Walter. Uh, We don't know who this guy is yet, but 
everything I brought up about exploding guy and everything else, you could probably uh, wonder what Brown is talking about when he's talking about giving people second chances. So now we go over to this. um, uh, I don't know if they're real Indians. So like, I'm not saying this to be insulting, but we're at the Sarsi First Nations Festival. I guess it's a bunch of uh, Inuits. I hope that's what they're called. So they're at, they're at, it is now. I'm sorry, people. I'm actually trying. They're in an Indian country within within Canada. I'm talking like feather, not dot. No, that's way worse. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> that's sorry. Definitely worse. But we're I'm gonna sorry. Let, we're gonna let can, it go. I'm sorry. So anyway, um, shaman's daughter talisman is basically putting on a magic show, talking about like the formation of the tribes and everything, and how magic and stuff works. <laughs> and um, well, she's putting on this show. Uh, Sasquatch shows up, so she she comes out of her like hippie magic trance, and uh, she runs over to Walter, and she's like, "Walter, you big show off! What are you doing here?" And everyone is just like, "Oh my god, it's a Sasquatch!" And um, he's like, uh, "Well, I you know I came here for a reason and stuff, Liz. Well, you can come volunteer your services as Sasquatch and let kids ride on your back for five bucks a pop." And he's like, uh, "I didn't come dressed for that. Uh, listen, we need to talk." So basically, part of the condition is that if Walter's going to lead this team and everything, what they want to do is he wants to bring on somebody he trusts. So he goes ahead and he brings on um, uh, Liz Talisman to basically fill her father's role, Shaman. Shaman, Shaman is basically Indian Doctor Strange. He was, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. He was always kind of like a walking stereotype. He was cool, but like that, they never went too much into his powers. He would just be like power of the bear claw and stuff would fall down. So, uh, he's, he died and now we're we're left with his daughter. So she's uh she's not really happy about it. She blames the Americans for the death of Alpha Flight because uh and I might as well spoil a little bit of it now. Michael Pointer was the guy who was the host of this demon which basically killed Alpha Flight and because of that 6 degrees of separation and uh you know the superhuman civil war, she's blaming all this on America. So she's not she's not really into this idea of going into a government sponsored team full of Americans. But she's like, fine, Walter, I'll do it for you. Uh, meanwhile, we're, we're back in a border town in Canada. We see a whole bunch of dudes screwing up a bunch of other Canadians in this bar. And it seems like they've been wrecking the town. And uh, that's not just by coincidence, because what we see is that the wrecking crew has broken past the American Canadian border and they're running into Canada to go on a freaking crime spree. And, um, at this point, you know, they're just wrecking this town and, um, Sasquatch decides to go ahead and jump in and he beats the shit out of bulldozer for a little bit, but you know, he's not, he's not like, he's not enough to take on the wrecking crew because wrecker and his magic uh, crowbar, they just start like beating the living shit out of him. And, uh, you know, he's like barely hanging on for for life until they throw him into a a freaking truck full of like gasoline and shit and cause an explosion. And what they do is they just freaking dogpile on him and and beat him to shit. So now uh, it seems like Walter might be dead or something (laughs) else. Yeah. Like if he can't die from an explosion, maybe he'll get, you know, beat up by a freaking, um, you know, bunch of. uh bunch of overgrown construction workers overpowered construction workers but that's what is that their origin are they originally construction workers 
that got powers? They were originally construction workers who were given, I think, superpowers by Loki to go fight Thor. That sounds... They basically, they basically made like a Faustian bargain, so to speak. But uh, yeah, they're, they're powered by Asgardian magic. Fair enough. I approve. Yeah. So uh, issue one, I think it basically sets the stage for everything for now. What are your thoughts? I can't say I was blown away, but uh, it, I, I enjoyed, I think I enjoyed like the character and the handling of Walter Langowski as kind of, he seems like he's kind of at least being set up as like sort of the lead character, maybe not necessarily the per se leader of the team, but the one we're supposed to relate to maybe the most, the one he's the one that we get to see in his regular life as a teacher, like being driven mad by the kids. Um, he has this sort of like, I don't know, I guess like fatherly daughterly relationship with Tally man, since he was a good talisman. Uh, so since he was friends with, uh, her father shaman. And so like, I enjoyed the portrayal of his character and I, like I laughed at the idea that they're filling this team of Canadians, which a bunch, bunch of American superheroes. I I just think that was funny. So there's there's elements of it that intrigue me enough to, you know, to want to continue to see where this goes. But, you know, it didn't blow me out of the water. Yeah. But I, I, never, I never heard of these guys before, by the way. The writer and artist, Michael Avon Oweeming and Scott Collins, K-O-L-I-N-S. Never heard of either of them, but they're, I mean, I, I actually think the art, I, I mean, it's not like amazing, but I, I kind of do, I kind of dig in the art and I'm not sure why there's just something about it. It's like, it's like kind of cool and a little different, but not mind blowing art, but enough to make me go, oh, I should have heard of this guy before, but I haven't. I always kind of liked it. I mean, that's why I love about limited series sometimes, especially for like lesser, you know, right. lesser prominent titles, because this is where you get to give a lot of people uh, a great opportunity. And I do know that uh, Michael Avon Oming, he would go on to write a few other books. He would cross publishers over to dc at one point too but uh scott collins he's he's actually done a, a bunch of books um i don't think he's done anything the past four or five years but if i if i shot out some titles at you, you you'd probably be surprised i can't sadly i can't remember them off the top of my head but um he, he's got kind of like his own cult following but uh now we're on to issue two and what we hear from agent brown who's pulled up on talisman's property is that um the uh, the wrecking crew basically beat Sasquatch into a coma again and at this point. <laughs> you know, she. Yeah. And uh, she's she's not she's not very happy about it. She's kind of broken up because, I mean, Walter's really like the last family she has, like her dad's dead and the rest of Alpha Flight's dead. And she looked up to them as like, you know, parental figures and stuff like that. Like it's it's so to potentially lose Walter is a big deal. But at this point, she's like, you know what? Like. I gotta, I gotta basically join this new Omega flight team because it's what Walter would have wanted. And now, you know, the very threats that he was warning us of they're they're here. And if they are able to take him out, um, that's, that's kind of a problem. So basically, um, what was happened is Walter's gone missing and, uh, you know, they, they think he was in the coma. He went missing. They can't find him. They think that the wrecking crew has actually kidnapped him. So what has happened is uh, Sasquatch goes down to the source of um, the, I'm sorry, she goes down Talisman. to the location where the actual fight. Yeah. Talisman basically goes down to the, where the fight occurred. Why isn't she Talisman woman, by the way? What's up with that? I know. I know. Uh, she basically has the ability to commune with the dead and other spirits. So what we see is that we see like, other spirits and folks in the backgrounds that nobody else can see, but she can see. So what she's doing is she's going around trying to interrogate them to see if they know what's happening. But what ends up happening is she turns around and she sees this horde of demons 
fly out of nowhere. Now, the one thing that was mentioned earlier in the last issue is that um, in in context, the Wrecking Crew was like abnormally superpowered, and they weren't just going over to Canada just to lay waste to it. Like they they had a genuine reason for for breaking over. Uh, over the border other than just taking advantage of the, of the void. And, um, you know, they, they're overpowered. So now we're starting to put a few things together. It's like, why are all these demons attacking talisman at this location? Like there, there's gotta be a reason, but she ends up just getting overwhelmed. And, uh, all of a sudden what she sees is she sees the spirit of a snowbird basically free her from all these demons all over the place. And um, at this point, what she's able to basically see is that, um, you know, she can tell that Walter is in a state where he's still alive, but she doesn't quite think he's in a coma. It's more like some type of spiritual trance where she's not she doesn't know where he physically is, but she knows spiritually that he is alive, if that makes sense. So now what's happened is that uh, we figure out that she was in a trance the whole time. So she did kind of like the astral projection thing that Dr. Strange does, where it's like her soul can go to places, but she's physically there. Um, they've been in the helicopter the entire time from the time that uh, she picked him up. So anyway, go on to the next page. And what we see is that the wrecking crew has gone, uh, has gone in and uh, taken over some cabin and that they do have Sasquatch. And that Sasquatch does seem pretty down for the count. But uh, just like, um, what was it, Buffalo Bill from... Um, uh, from uh, mm-hmm. from Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs. They they break into this uh, cabin and they've got this giant hole that they just dump Sasquatch into. <laughs> so uh, it, it gave me it gave me uh, Silence of the Lambs. Poor guys had a rough few months here, huh? Yeah. Uh, speaking of some rough few months, uh, we go over to the next page after seeing that Walter's alive and he's just being held captive, and uh, we're in Toronto where. Um, uh, U.S. agent is being thrown out of a skyscraper and we see this giant golden muscle bound chick just completely like breaking his shield. It kind of looks like the flimsy, uh, you know, trash can lid shield from the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series that the U.S. agent yeah. makes himself. And uh, as, as he's kind of getting his ass kicked by this chick, she's um, she's like, you know, I came to Toronto to escape idiots like you, U.S. agent. And next, you know, she freaking throws him halfway across the city. She's like, go back to the States. And, um, you know, luckily he's he's able to subdue her, not without a, a giant fight. And um, it, it gets to the point where they fall into a truck. And at, at this point, you know, like he's just like beating her with a baton. It's it, it's just a it, like no like he's he's like not losing this fight, but he's not really winning it either. And at this point, some kids come over and they're just like, hey, Captain America is beating the crap out of that chick. <laughs> The U.S. agent spits out a tooth and he's like, shut it, Canuck. The only thing excessive here is the size of her. And she, and she punches him. <laughs> he could have. Maybe he was going to say the muscles or, or uh, biceps. Uh, you got to you. Sometimes you got to read the books to see what excessive. Who is this chick, by the way? They don't do they. I don't think they name her in this. Is she like someone I'm supposed to know? They don't give her a name ever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call her excessive. Dot, okay, yeah. dot, dot. She's very she's well excessive. endowed. She's yeah. very well endowed. Yeah. It, so in, she punches the endowed, him. And she gets the endowed up. dress. That would be a good. Uh, <laughs> the endowed. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, Stan Lee made a made a superhero called Stripperella. I do now. That that sounds like a very something Stan Lee would do, like <laughs> or Stripperella over some whiskey and cigars at like three in the morning. He's like, you know what? I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a board. I'm gonna call a Stripperella. What do you think about that, Jack? He's like, I'll, I'll draw it. I guess uh, here, Stripperella coming right up. <laughs> so anyway. I gotta look up Stripperella now. Jeez. This is why we get sidetracked. It's not our fault. Is that there's so much ridiculous shit in comics. How can you not pause for a conversation about Stripperella? So anyway, she's a... Uh, Stripperella, the, the, yeah. Two Ps, by the way, for anyone looking it up. The endowtress, that's what we'll call her. She's uh, she's pulling this truck over to basically squish um, U.S. agent. She's like, all I was doing was wiping out a few databases to clear my credit. Something a lot of people can emphasize with, sympathize with. Oh, this was the thing with Pamela Anderson. She was Stripperella. He yeah, she made was this, okay, this, uh, okay, this he made this in the, like 2003 for like um for Spike TV. It feels like something that would come she from would the make 60s, a great member of Omega Flight. No, this is much more <laughs> modern than I thought. I kind of remember this now. I mean, I never read it or saw it, but I remember it existing vaguely. Stripperella would make a great member of Omega Flight. Stripperella is she Canadian? No, but she is. She's a stripper. Stripperella, send her in. <laughs> You needed superheroes. We sent you superheroes. Yeah, as a superhero, we sent you a hero, right? <laughs> yeah, so so basically she's about to, you know, crush a US agent with the truck, but before she could do that, she ends up getting weg uh, you know, webbed up and the truck that she's holding ends up falling on top of her as we see uh Julia Carpenter Arachne uh was there to save John Car um, John Walker from gal. getting murdered by this chick with the giant bust. So she jumps in and you know makes her debut and she's like, Omega Flight calls, Flyboy, time to serve the red and white, which feels a bit you know, shoved Very in there's dialogue, but whatever. Like she'd be saying um, that. Like she'd be like proud to be a Canadian when she's not a Canadian and whatever. But comics. when Canada pays the bills, you pretend to like Canada. By the way, if Canada would like to sponsor this podcast, I will say much better things about Canada in the future. <laughs> <laughs> they need some PR help right they now. They really do. <laughs> they always have, but especially get right Eric now. Larson on the case. He'll write you a great story about Canada. Check it out in the latest Savage Dragon. So anyway, um, we, we go back to the cabin, the Silence of the Lambs cabin, and basically like the wrecking crew is just torturing Sasquatch. Yeah, this is like, and, this um, was intense. This is, this is more than I was yeah, ready like for in this book. It's, it's, some, it's some Gitmo shit. Like it's um, like, you know, somewhere, um, uh, who's the, <laughs> I forgot his name. Uh, shit. I I'm trying to think of a name. famous, <laughs> famous torturer. <laughs> no, who was who the yeah? Who's the torturer in the Bush administration? Oh, well, I mean, there's a bunch of them, right? He died a few years ago, and people pretend to like him anyway. Um, shit, I don't think we named to name him. It's it's gonna okay. be okay. Renzo, yeah. what can you tell me about so, this random torture guy that torture people in the Bush administration? <laughs> Not much. Okay, moving. See, people, I'm an equal opportunity hater. So uh, anyway, they've been torturing the Sasquatch. Next, you know, they end up dragging him because they're going to go uh, to to Toronto to go do some evil shit, which we're still trying to figure out. We know it has to do with demons and stuff. Uh, anyway, we're on this bus going to Toronto. And what we see is this dude who's on a bus. So, you know, if a dude is on a long haul bus, then he's probably a, a weird guy. But he's drawing him this sketchbook. A, uh, a vision of the future. And what we basically see is uh, a demon and Sasquatch and a giant owl fighting in Toronto. It's like the Canadian version of like Godzilla versus King Kong versus Mecha Godzilla. 
Um, and, um, this guy is just like sitting next to him and he's like, why do I always have to sit next to the nuts? And this dude is like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, uh, and and the guy walks off and he's like freak. He's obviously too rude to be Canadian. So he's, uh, he's, uh, he's obviously American, but, uh, anyway, this guy ends up going into town and that's it. We know that this guy's arriving and he has visions of the future. Uh, anyway, so Talisman is... And I was uh, so confused by this because I was, we had already seen visions from Talisman, and then I'm like, who's this guy? Is he related to Talisman? And I had no clue who this is, and we'll wait until, for the reveal, because I was even more blown away when I found out who it was. Yeah. So basically, uh, Talisman comes in with Agent Brown, and they're having a meeting with uh, Iron Man and Miss Marvel, and uh, originally they're there to basically give her like an orientation, but she's kind of offended because they, they're not even there physically. They're there through a, for, through a freaking large monitor. And at this point, she just starts like blowing off. I mean, blowing up on them because she's like, this is your mess. You people caused all of this. It's all your fault. And she's she's kind of right. But um, at this point, they're like, listen, like we're all on the same team. We want to help you. And that's why we're sending in some resources. And Talisman is like, resources like resources like what? And next, you know, here from the background, uh, Julia Carpenter, she didn't just uh, come by herself. She actually brings her her uh, daughter at this point. She's like, uh, hey, everyone, they call me Arachne. And the daughter's like, mom, I told you Spider Woman is a cooler name. And and I was like, oh, Spider Woman. Arachne's like, it's Arachne, Rachel. And Rachel's like, I like Spider Woman better. And uh, at this point, you basically learn that they don't have any child care for superheroes in the initiative, especially in Canada. So uh, that's it. We're introduced to Arachne and her daughter, Rachel. And then to make things even more Canadian, they go ahead and bring in an American. And what uh, what else does Johnny Walker do other than just walk in and be himself? He goes ahead and calls Talisman a traitor because she refused to take sides during the Civil War. And at this point, you know, Iron Man is just, <laughs> yeah, at this point, you know, <laughs> he can't just stop being a dick. Iron Man is just like, oh, of course you all know USA. Agent. I do enjoy what a dick U.S. agent is constantly. Like <laughs> it works for me. Yeah. So so now um you know now most of the team is here and they're just they're they're just not on the right foot at all. It, it kind of sucks. Anyway, uh, we're back in Ontario where I guess the the one random bus dude finally ended up and he's drawing more on his little notepad. Now he's drawing um you know uh. A crowbar, which means that this guy actually like is seeing something. And what he's doing is he's in the Royal Ontario Museum, and I guess he's next to a few relics. And uh, you know, something's up because who's walking in the same direction? We see the freaking wrecking crew. Uh, and uh, you know, Thunderball is like, Hey, Wrecker, you hearing voices now? And Wrecker's like, No voices, Thunderball, just uh just um something. Like the the kind I had when uh uh Carnella first gave us the power. Carnella was like one of the super Asgardian beings or whatever that gave them superpowers. So anyway, they're, they're walking into town and they've got, um, you know, Sasquatch bulldozer is, um, is carrying him at this point, you know, the the cops show up because they're like, you know, we've got this wrecking ball. We've got this, uh, you know, this wrecking crew team walking through the middle of Ontario. This ain't normal shit in Canada. So they start shooting and like the, the wrecking crew is just like, they're like the bullets are bouncing off of them. Like it's, it's almost laughable as the, the, the attempt that these guys are putting up. But uh, but anyway, we go back to that uh, military installation where everyone was just getting to know each other earlier. And right now, you know, Talisman is just like losing her shit. 
So she basically transforms her, um, you know, back into her costume as the last recruit for, for Omega flight comes in. And she's like, this is the final straw. Like, how could you, he killed my father. And this is when we introduce the giant black sheep of Omega flight. We're introduced to Michael pointer, the man who killed alpha flight in the pages of new Avengers. And he's rolled in not only in a, in like a bunch of Hannibal Lecter restraints, but he's wearing the uniform of guardian. And he, uh, you, you see, if you zoom in, if you have, if you have the Marvel limited app, you can see the trace of tears coming down his face. And he's like, I'm, my name is Michael pointer. I was the instrument used to kill your father in alpha flight, but I am no murderer. And that is where issue two ends. Thoughts so far. So basically this, this Michael pointer guy was used, uh, I guess it was the, this thing called the collective that controlled him. And he's the one that killed the original alpha flight, but he was not under control of that. Um, which is, I didn't know anything about this guy <laughs> before he showed up or really anything about the, the only guardian I know anything about is the red guardian. So I guess every country has their guardian guy or their captain guy. You know, England has captain Britain. We have captain America and us agent, uh, Canada and Russia have guardians. I guess that's how it works. Um, so yeah, but I, I thought it was an interesting twist because I, luckily they told me who he was in this last panel. And then we find out that he's the one that kill, killed, uh, alpha flight while we see talisman there ready to go talisman on on him so i i found it interesting as a twist and um you know i found myself slowly getting more into the story again nothing's blowing me away but it's it's it keeps my interest enough that i'd probably continue reading this especially knowing it's a, a limited series something i talked about with jim if i know something's a limited series if it's five issues if i've read the first two i'm probably just gonna finish it you know unless it's like so horrible that i i, I can't handle it uh so I, I would probably continue reading this even if i had not you know agreed to do so for this podcast that's my thoughts and if it was free on marvel yeah <laughs> maybe i don't know if i'd pay i don't know if better. i pay for it I don't know about these Canadian superheroes, but there's only a few issues and I'm already paying for the app. So that's my real, that's my review. That's my short review. (laughs) So issue three opens and we see that the wrecking crew have broken into the Royal Ontario museum of art. Uh, This is when we basically go back to our friend from the bus and we basically learn that this guy has something to do with better Ray bill because we're seeing some flashbacks to better Ray bill and his uh, alien race. You got to pronounce, I'm going to pronounce that right. Yeah. The words, the words definitely beta. Come on. Beta man, Ray, beta Ray bill, beta fish. Well, in Canada, it's it's beta alpha, beta, gamma, omega. It's the, it's the, it's the Greek alpha rams up. Get with it. Get with it. Speak American, Mark, please. Maybe that's so the basically Canadian we know this guy, beta, eh? this guy has this, this guy, this guy has some tie to those aliens. And what we learned through the quick dialogue expedition is that um, the wrecking crew is being led here by the collective who not only were the same people that took over Michael Pointer, but they're a demonic race that also fought Beta Ray Bill. So we know that all this is suddenly being tied together in, in a full single page. And uh, because they had to rush it because now we're on the third <laughs> issue. But uh, now we're back at that, uh, at that headquarters and Talisman is like, you destroyed Alpha Flight, you killed my father. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, U.S. agent and uh, Agent Brown are trying to hold her back. They're like, come on, you can't do this. And she's like, don't make me hurt you, Walker. And she has a little explosion, which pushes everyone back. And, you know, she's she's crying and she's losing her shit. She's like, what have you done to my father's legacy, Agent Brown? And Agent Brown walks over. He's like, you have to understand, Michael Pointer was used. He was a pawn of the collective. 
He's as much of a victim as anyone who died at his hands, and he still has to live with what he did. And Talisman is like, but but the Guardian? Why the Guardian? Uh, she's referring to the fact that she's wearing the Guardian shoot, uh, suit. And Agent Brown is like, uh, because this is the only way to right the wrong done by the collective. The power that's left in his body is out of control. He needs the Guardian suit to contain it. Without it, he could flare up like the sun. So at this point, it's more out of necessity and everything else. At this point, uh, Brown is like, don't you see? He needs the Guardian suit and Omega Flight needs the Guardian. This is Providence. And, you know, make it just a little bit harsher. He's like, your father seems like an oversimplification, but okay. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, your father would recognize that. And she's like, if he were alive and Michael Pointer's like, listen, I I had no choice in any of this, not what I did, not who I am. And a talisman comes over and she's like about to blow up his head. And and this is actually kind of sad because you zoom in on Michael's face and he's crying. And he's like, just do it, please. Yeah, he's like, I'm done, man. And at that point, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not laughing like this is funny. Like, it's actually really sad. Like, you look at him and he's just like, kill me, kill me. Yeah, now. The art is really effective in, in this here. I mean, he, the the sadness is very well portrayed by just like the but the close up of his eyes. Yeah. So we, we go to the next page and Talisman, you know, I, I, well, in the previous panel, it's like she kind of looks horrified by the fact that now she realizes that one, her anger is getting the best of her. But two, like this man is really like he wants to die. He hates his life. So she turns around to Agent Brown again and she's like an American wearing the Guardian suit. Is this more providence? Because it sounds like manifest destiny to me. Oh, snap. And uh, Agent Brown is like Alpha Flight was not about Ooh, knocking on Americans. Sticking up for the Indians. Yeah. Alpha Flight. (laughs) I get it. Alpha Flight was not about being Canadian. It was about serving Canada. (laughs) Clearly it's not about being Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... It's like Carl Rove wrote that dialogue. (laughs) (laughs) Brought to you by... Um, the guardian suit is, is a Canadian symbol. It's an icon that we'll put to good use. And at this point, Michael Pointer's just like freaking crying. And the U.S. agent is still being a dick. He's like, that's great. Let's call Dr. Phil or something. My mood ring is crying. And Arachne is like, you're an ass walker. And Rachel's like, yeah. And Arachne's like, be, be quiet. Um, so talisman's like, as long as this man is on the team, I will not work for you. I will find Walter on my own at this point, you know, because of timing, uh, Agent Brown pulls over the screen and sees that uh, the wrecking crew is just completely terrorizing, um, uh, Toronto. So at this point, um, Brown sends the team out there, but us agent doesn't want to go ahead and bring, uh, Michael pointer. He's like, Hannibal stays here. I'm not bringing untrained rookie on my walk uh, to watch my back. And Brown is like, come on, he's the guardian. He comes with us. And US agent is like, well, maybe when he's through crying and, um, you know, talisman looks at Brown once more. She's like, I will not work with my father's killer. So <laughs> Michael, Michael is just like left in the corner and his restraints in the darkness. And it's just like, it's so sad. They just leave him in that room. Yeah. Like, a, <laughs> they don't even cart him off somewhere else. Like, <laughs> put him in front of a TV so, or something at least. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, yeah, we forgot you were there. Um, it's a funny story. I'll make it fast. Uh, there was this uh, popular girl I went to high school with. Her she, When we graduated, her sister was going to the same high school we were at, and she took the place as, like, token hot. 
uh, popular girl. So there was this dude who was like, you know, like he was he was like functionally alive, but he was in a wheelchair and he like couldn't talk or move or anything, but his eyes would follow you. It was really sad. But anyway, um, she wanted to go ahead and get on the news before she graduated. So she brought uh, RB, uh, uh, RG3 from the Redskins to, to the homecoming game one time and on the big like, you know, prompter and everything uh, all the cameras zoomed in on her and she asked the kid in the wheelchair to go to prom with her so it was all over the news it was all over the, the newspapers and stuff it's like you know token high school hot girl asks kid who can't do anything and what made it worse was that when they finally got to the prom what she did as soon as all the cameras went away was she actually wheeled him off into the corner of the gym and went off and partied with her friends and left him there <laughs> That seems worse. That seems worse than saying yeah. no to me. Yeah. So like that's, that's what that scene reminds me of. <laughs> it has nothing else to do with the story. I just wanted to share that. But uh, anyway, we're back in Ontario and the wrecking crew has gone into the museum and those two relics that, that one dude from the bus was standing in between. Um, what ends up happening is the wreckers uh, crowbar is able to activate like this portal. And long story short, it takes them uh, to the collect to the collective's realm, which is basically like a layer of hell. And uh, at this point, you know, the giant demon basically, um, you know, blows them off. And he's like, yeah, I'll give you your power, but you got to wait for me to like come out and shit. And basically what ends up happening is, um, you know, they, they brought Sasquatch there because the collective wants to take over Sasquatch's body. But, uh, you know, you can't go ahead and have everything just work out for the bad guys. That dude from the bus Turns out to be none other than Beta Ray Bill when he comes in. Mark, what can you tell me about Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill, Bill, Beta Ray Bill is a weird horse-looking alien that also has a, a cool horse-looking alien. He's, he's a badass horse-looking alien that at one point took over for Thor and wielded the power of Thor, and now he still wields the power of Thor with, I guess, a different hammer. And I guess in this version of him, he's also has an alter ego, a, a uh, what's the, uh, Don? What's the Don Blake? A Don Blake esque alter ego of himself in this guy who has visions and that's beta ray bill another beta ray bill fun fact he's also lady sif's long-term boyfriend oh that's nice that's interesting yeah you'd think she would ever hey, ever hey, look everyone wants everyone wants to cause a ruckus over all these you know new trends of comics but nobody said anything when lady sif was into bestiality <laughs> <laughs> so anyway the fight causes the whole freaking museum to blow up. And at this point, now the wrecking crew is even more overpowered and they've also let out a whole bunch of demons and beta Ray bill can only do so much. And he's, uh, he's kicking ass, but he's not doing great. And, uh, as he's knocked down, it seems like he's about to catch his breath. The wrecker comes over and smashes him in the face. And that ends issue three. So I feel like now we're at the point where the, the story is well established, the, the terms are set, and the players are all kind of laid out. What are your thoughts? I, I, I mean, I think it's cool that Beta Ray Bill's here, but I have no idea why. He just, so, so Beta Ray Bill is, has this alter ego of this guy, and they just happened to be in Canada when this shit was going down, and just happened to <laughs> like stumble upon this whole scenario, and I guess that makes him part of Omega Flight, enough to be on the cover of the first issue, I guess. More so than Sasquatch, who's actually Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Talisman doesn't wouldn't even identify as Canadian. I mean, it's just it, 
It is interesting. I will say that. It is interesting. Speaking of the most Canadian thing, so somebody found Michael crying in the corner in the darkness, and they took him back to his cell. And I, I don't know, I don't know how this makes sense. He's in a government facility, but somebody went over and vandalized it with a bunch of Canadian, uh, you know, oak leaves, and somebody spray painted murder on there, and. Um, <laughs> Canadians. So anyway, Rachel, Arachne's daughter, comes over and, and she walks over to his cell, which makes this place seem really insecure. And uh, she's like, Mr. Guardian, you're the Guardian, right? And Michael stands up. He's like, the Guardian. I'm not even Canadian. And Rachel's like, my mom's going uh, to get hurt again unless she has help. You can help her, can't you? And Michael's like, I don't think that's a good idea, girl. You could get in trouble for letting me out. And she's like, Agent Brown said you've got the power to be the guardian or something. Mom's fighting bad guys and she needs your help, please. And Michael sees the genuine like fear on this girl's face and he starts to kind of well up and he's like, you know what, like I got to do something. So, um, you know, Agent Brown, Talisman and uh, everyone else is in this helicopter that's being pulled down by all those deep and collective demons that look like dinosaur shrimp. Like it's kind of horrifying. And uh, at this point, you know, it's, it's just time to kick ass. So as they're all falling midair and shit, we finally get to see them actually like, you know fight a little bit or at least like fight enough not to die so arachne's webbing up people um talisman's blowing shit up and all all john walker can really do is just shoot shit so at this point uh we go back to the center of the museum which was blown up earlier and we basically see that walter in his sasquatch form still has been fully possessed by the demon that is in charge of the collective at this point, you know, it's just demons coming out of freaking everywhere. Uh, meanwhile, Beta Ray Bill comes up and he's like, I've crushed moons with these fists, human. I don't know what strange powers course through you, but Beta Ray Bill has had enough. So now we see that, oh, this guy is fighting those guys. So we should help this guy fight those guys. Classic. No one says hello. So no one says hello to him. They're just like, you know. Uh, let's go ahead and fight these guys together so much so that, you know, a talisman comes over and they're back to back. She's back to back with beta Ray bill. And she's like, he's like, that's quite an impressive trick. You've got friend. And she's like, well, enemy of my enemy. And it's like, well, she's really judging the, the, the space alien as guardian warrior. She should just assume that he's nice because he's fighting the bad guys. And uh, as he's actually introducing himself, uh, we see Sasquatch possessed with full demon power come out midair and do like a Hulk smash on the ground. And uh, Talisman's freaking out because she realizes that that's not Walter. Somebody's in there. And um, I mean, it's just it's just not a good situation for the next couple pages. They are just like blowing up Ontario. And now with uh, Walter being fully possessed by this demon, it's just a really bad freaking situation. Meanwhile, as things look really dire and deadly for our heroes, we take a first person view as someone is flying into Ontario, blowing up these collective demons. Demons. And as Talisman's about to be murdered by a demonic Walter, we see Michael Pointer in the Guardian suit come down like freaking Superman just in time to change the course of the fight. But it might not be much because as soon as Walter's about to blow up again so that way he can stop the demon horde and everything else, we see that Walter has absorbed Michael's powers. And he looks at him right in the eyes and he's like, um, I, I, I was forced to kill Alpha Flight. I won't kill again. And Walter looks at him and he's like, but I will. 
And that's what ends issue four. That, he looks scary as shit in that last panel, that last splash page where he's this demon possessed new red guardian power absorbed like Jewish Canadian Sasquatch screaming that he's going to kill this guy who, and I do really like here. Like I really did enjoy the characterization of uh, this Michael pointer guardian who is, he's so traumatized by what he was used to do killing the alpha flight that he is afraid to even defend himself really. Cause he knows how powerful he is. Uh, so he, he's like, basically like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to hurt. I'm not going to hurt Sasquatch. I already like put him in a coma for fucking who, who knows how long and killed all his friends. And so he's in this like predicament where, you know, he, he's, he can't really even do the job that he was brought on to do because he's so traumatized by what he did do the last time he was possessed as Sasquatch is now. So like the tables are turned. Sasquatch is the one possessed now. And it's just quite the scenario. And I, and I really did like, uh, I really like this whole scenario, and, and really, I think Michael Pointer in this whole thing is is by far like the most well him and him and Sasquatch because Sasquatch is possessed, not his fault. They're the two most relatable characters uh, in this series, and I think they really do hold it together. Both of their stories, how they kind of come together. Yeah, and I just want to point out again, like if if you're listening to this and you're wondering, like I still really know nothing about Michael Pointer. I mean, that's just the thing. He was a random dude. Like he was, he was just a random dude who was living his life, who happened to be at the incursion point of a, of an intergalactic demonic possession. Things happen. Yeah. In, in the Marvel universe. So like he was, it could have been as literal as anyone walking home from work and getting possessed and becoming a giant weapon and killing Canada, Canada's premier superhero team. Like it's that sad. Indeed. So now we're on to the fifth and final issue. Uh, we see uh, Sasquatch about to go ahead and kill Michael Pointer while the rest of the wrecking crew is dealing with the rest of Omega Flight. Um, it, it's just a generic fight for the next couple issues. I'm sorry, for the next couple pages is everyone is just trying to figure out like what the hell is going on. And basically what they need to do is like in any any of the recent uh, superhero movies, there's a point where the demons come from. And in order to fight the big demon, you have to close the demon door to keep the demons on the That's other side. That's how demon portals work. That's how demon portals work. And this is no different, no substitute. So what ends up happening is um, in order to get the demon out of Walter Sasquatch uh, Talisman offers to become the vessel for this demon. And uh, as it's leaving, as it's trying to leave Walter, Walter's like, no, I can't let you take her over because you'll use her powers to kill the world. So basically what we see now is that uh, they, they try and take Michael again <laughs> because he can't catch a break. And, uh, you know, he's he's come. Uh, Walter is coming in and out of his Sasquatch form. But just like the Ghostbusters, as soon as you get her out of the uh, as soon as you get the demon out of the human, she takes like the satchel and she does a spell to basically try and pull the demon back in. And hopefully that will go ahead and shut off the cosmic demonic intergalactic alien evil shit door and uh she does that with very little fanfare honestly because it's just a bunch of fighting and then two pages of this and what it basically does is all the demons go back or are starting to go back but the wrecking crew is losing their powers um so what ends up happening is they need to go ahead and get it away from the city because for some weird reason something might explode um, so what they want to do is uh, they, they toss the satchel to Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray Bill is flying into the sky and all the demons are following it. And uh, at this point, they're going to the bigger door, 
that door that was in the middle of the Ontario Museum because you got your 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 metaphorical doors and you've got your literal demon door and um, you know Michael Pointer's chasing after Beta Ray Bill and he's like listen man if you go in there and stuff like we can't get you out of there and he's like stay back human let them follow me once I'm in the pit blasted apart and Michael's like but you'll be trapped there and he's like oh I've been through worse now blast the portal rift shut and you know, as Beta Ray Bill drags all the demons back in there, Michael Pointer blows it up, and that's uh, that's basically it. So at this point, you know, Sasquatch is kind of pissed because he's been hostage the entire time. He has had enough. So he goes yeah. over. Yeah, he goes over to one of the Wrecking Crew. Uh, rec- uh, no, this was. Um, uh, it's not Bulldozer. It's the dude of the, the other guy. <laughs> yeah, he goes over one of the guys. Takes a giant chain. Let's call him Wheelbarrow. Base- That's not his name, but yeah, let's just call let's, him Wheelbarrow. Let's do that. I mean, no one really gives a shit about the Wrecking Crew. <laughs> but anyway, he, he he ties it around. I mean, sorry, he, he wraps it around his neck, and he's like, you chained me and tortured me like an animal. And the dude's like, because you are an animal, you freaking monster. And as he's about to kill him, he's just like, you know, he's not worth it. And I want I want to point out, like, as everyone's watching this, like, everyone is horrified and wondering whether or not he'll actually kill him, except U.S. agent. He was like, yeah. yeah. He, they are all just absolutely, like, Tallyman is like, oh, my God, Agent Brown, Spider-Woman, they're all just, like, have this, like, look of concern. Like, I can't believe, is he really going to kill this guy? And U.S. agent just like, all right, come on, buddy, do it, do it. <laughs> so, anyway. He's really uh, barely, he, a, I mean, calling him a hero is a bit of a stretch. He's a, here's a hero because the U.S. government government yeah. happens to pay him to money like that's the only reason it's like blackwater yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i so guess you're, anyway, here, um, you're on our side but uh, nothing else about you donald rumsfeld <laughs> that's the guy oh that's who you were thinking of earlier <laughs> yeah that's the torture oh, yeah. guy oh well, my god geez, I mean, you know what? i take it back if donald rumsfeld was a comic book character he'd be the u.s agent <laughs> <laughs> Um, so anyway sasquatch drops him before he could kill him and he's like i'm not a monster and you're not worth it and uh, meanwhile, you know, everyone is, you know, like kissing, making up, being happy and shit <laughs> at this point. Um, you know, as the dust has settled, Michael Pointer Who never like, stops crying. He hasn't stopped crying this whole, <laughs> this whole series. <laughs> I'm literally, he has a tear in his eye every scene. <laughs> they go, they really want to drive it home. He takes off his mask and he's like, the guy with the horse head beta race. Sacrifice. The horse head. <laughs> Like, you idiot! Didn't you read Walt Simonson's Thor? You don't know. You don't know who Beta Ray Bill is. He, he sacrificed himself for us. And Talisman comes over, and she's like, "You are ready to do the same." And he looks up, and he sees Sasquatch comes over, and he's like, "I know the suit was forced on you, Michael. Heck, I was forced to give it to you, but now you've earned it. I I understand what happened to you." being possessed by the collective. Literally, I, I really just, do understand. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, man. Demon possession gets the best of us. <laughs> but he's like, uh, just just do right yeah, by like, the um, suit. Um, I don't know if you have a, a term for it. Um, uh, it's like, uh, what is it? I think it's called like, Eskimo buddies or something. When, um, well, that means, I don't know if that means what you think. It, well, <laughs> what, what are you implying? I'm saying, are they means? the demon possession version of that? Like, if it means the same thing to you, it means to me. I guess I get to say it's when like two dudes took two up with dudes the same. Two dudes fuck yeah. the same. Not the chick. same time. I mean, not not the, yeah, same, not the same, time. same time. Yeah, that's the same thing. They both had separate a, occasions. They both had a round with with no, collective no, possession. Because, no, you got you got to be specific about it because your Eskimo buddies. If you fucked a chick on a Monday and your friend fucked a chick on a Tuesday and it's the same chick, oh, it has to be consecutive days. 
I'm I'm giving an example because I want to emphasize that's not a threesome. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, no, it's it's separate times. Yes, it's very clearly. It could be the same day. It could be even the same hour. I mean, it's, it, it's, it could it's a it could time. technically be. <laughs> we we have thought we have tried to define Eskimo buddies and threesomes for way too long. This is so. the most. This is the most wrong episode. For more about Eskimo buddies, listen to just join us an annual uh, patron and Forrest Remzo to do this bachelor party episode, and maybe we'll hear some more. This is uh, <laughs> this is this is the most un PC episode we've ever done. It all so, started okay, with a Jewish finish, Canadian. Let me finish the dialogue. Do you write by the suit? Do you write uh, for its country? guardian and as he puts his mask back on you see a tear course, coming down his cheek and he's like i'll do my best but uh long story short everyone goes on michael's a hero arachne's gonna stay in canada talisman's gonna go back and do shows for people and the ush is on standby but he's been sent back to the u.s to go uh to go fight criminals in the meantime and uh and in the final page we go back to the uh to the demon collective realm and we see beta ray bill <laughs> just completely like kicking ass and he's like um i say the say? nay yeah as, as, as so my brother better. in arms would put it demons i say the nay because he's a horse I don't even think that's why they did it, but it works. I'm going to laugh because of it. That's Omega Flight, folks. I say the nay. <laughs> yep. When we're doing uh, dad jokes like that, it probably is time to wrap things up. <laughs> oh, but I, I do love how it just ends with, and they're like, and also Beta Ray Bill is stuck fighting demons, I guess, forever. <laughs> there was, there was no real moment of levity here. At no, all. not at all. It's a very sad series. <sighs> I guess the, the redemption of Guardian I'm supposed to take away from it. And um, yeah, I don't know. Because they're not even a team at the end. Americans That's the weird are thing better about this. Canadians. They do this miniseries to introduce this team. And then they're like, not really even a team at the end. Like, like they kind of are, but they all went their separate ways. And they're like, yeah, I guess you're on. I guess that's how rare, like, some superhero activity, superhero need is in Canada, that you don't even need to actually stay there. You can just be, just be by your cell phone in another country. <laughs> and that should be fine. Hey, man, you busy right now? Yeah, I'm pretty freaking busy. Well, Canada is in trouble if you can make it. <laughs> if you have time, eh? Justin Trudeau is like, we need to get Omega Flight. I'm scared of truckers. <laughs> okay, let's rate this shit. Okay, uh, Mark, go first. <laughs> All right. Well, I will say, you know, this is. I, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say it before the score. This is firmly in the Remzo Sunday read category. But I really did find it fun. Um, man, I haven't even thought about my grades yet. I'm gonna do. We're gonna do it live. Doing it live. I'm gonna give the writing. Fuck it. We'll do it live. You know what? I'm gonna give the writing like a three point five. This is decent. Like this is actually like like it's again it's not mind blowing, but it really the story really flies, and you do like you do get some. I really did feel like some emotion about the character of Michael Porner with his constant fucking crying, and uh, Jewish Canadian Sasquatch um, <laughs> Walter Langowski. I, I really I think the characters you really do feel like you get a sense of the characters here, and I think the characterization is very well done. Uh, particularly, I really do, do love how U.S. Agent stands out like just as a total dick the whole time, and the one thing that seems well i mean i guess this whole team is just random but it seemed very very random that beta ray bill was just un, unexplainedly in canada and then joined the team and now he's battling demons or, or whatever but whatever uh but uh i enjoyed enough to 
well, to enjoy it, because <laughs> you could say. So I, I think we both took some laughing gas before the show today. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with us. Uh, but it's just like I, 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 I thought going into this, this was going to be a very dramatic episode. But like, <laughs> I, I, I gotta say, like this was this was one of the most like bullshit episodes ever, and I'm saying that in a positive way. Well, I think bullshit is our is our our strength. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> it certainly isn't facts or hard hitting analysis. So bullshit's all we got left. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this bullshit a three point five for the writing. And and I, like I said, I enjoyed the art. Like it doesn't blow me away, but I liked it. And and I will say the Scott Collins, I mean, like he, the emotion you can really display in some of these panels, uh, these up close panels of Michael Pointer. I mean, man, there, there wasn't a moment where you didn't feel bad for this guy. I mean, just, this is truly a art first story second, yeah. book, but both of which were which is done good. well enough. I'd say even above average. So I'm going to give, I'm going to give this sucker a seven total. That, that's a Sunday read, baby. I'm going to go ahead and give it the same. I'm giving it a 3.5 for story and for art. You know, usually my category is, is this good for new readers? Is this good for seasoned readers? I'm going to say, like, it, it pretty pretty much cuts it down the middle. Now, I was a new reader to the current line of Marvel books at the time, but I had caught up enough to know who Alpha Flight was and know that they were dead. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was good enough. But, I mean, it's just a really good, like, it, it's a good story that even picking it up, 12 13 14 15 years later wow. like it's um it, it's still actually like it's three I, I still really <laughs> something like that like it's still really freaking good so i'll give it that and i mean the art by scott collins i mean i don't i don't think i could have picked a better artist for this one so i'm giving it um you know 3.3 on each seven for a combined sbc score of a i'm not getting numbers mark of 14 out of 20 which makes it a solid sunday read yeah i would put the sunday read category like i don't know maybe like 12 to 16 you know it's like a, a six to an eight and then an eight or above would be like you know this is excellent kind of thing excellent category so you want to know what happens all these characters afterwards they all died really fucking nothing <laughs> no, not not even this, not even something this, as cool as yeah. they all died <laughs> i mean like, i want to know how beta ray um, bill gets out of this out of this mess dimension. so like so like alpha flight comes back somehow and michael pointer was turned into a bad guy by norman osborne oh. and u.s agent gets a moment of popularity and then they cut his arm off and shit now i guess he has his arm again like none none of this shit matters like that's the real it's all oh and when beta ray bill comes back we don't see the host again he's just always in his alien horse form and we never know how he got out of the uh collective's realm so like this this book might as well have just like never happened but it was a good story then this episode wouldn't have happened and that would be sad because i had a blast today ramzo you should go on bachelor, was, should go on bachelor parties one. more often. I feel like we revitalize the show the, the week apart. Well, that and that and COVID. Now, so, sometimes what a good know. relationship needs to, to really shine and be its best is a little temporary. A bioweapon from China. Or a bioweapon from China. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, China. This episode is sponsored they, by China. This episode <laughs> is brought together by Canada. Also, uh, we don't have <sighs> any political views. Don't worry about those. Goodbye. <laughs> we upset everybody. Uh, Mark, go ahead and take us home. I mean, we talked a lot about the Patreon at the beginning. That is our, our lifeblood. That is uh, how we pay the bills here and how we do our best to market and expand the show. And the more of that we have, the more we can do so. So patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And of course, the easiest and cheapest way, freest way to uh, help us out is to leave us a five-star rating and a great review, specifically on Apple Podcasts. You know, that's how the algorithms work. That's where everybody, everything basically runs through ratings and reviews on apples toss us five stars if you can we really appreciate it if you enjoy what we're doing 
what are doing, what we are doing, what we're doing. Boy, please. Anyway. Stuff is happening. <laughs> it's time to end this episode. That's not how we well, end this episode, though, is it? So no, we say <laughs> until next time, Remzo, what would you what would we request that our audience do? I'm not Read high. This e- the weird thing is I'm not even high this episode. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe coming in sober is what is what does this. Read books. And read and change the world. <laughs> Good night, America. <laughs> Adios. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.